friends, I'm Stephanie Wessel. Welcome to Messy Talk. Here in this space is where we get messy. Mental, emotional, spiritual self-reliance work is literally a mess. When you start to wade into the aspects, either one at a time or all at once, life can get and feel very messy. Here, you will find the space to have the conversations about navigating yourself through the mess and into the truth of how strong, capable, and messy you really are. Let's get honest. Let's get real. Let's get Let's messy. Get messy. Welcome back. We're back at it. So happy you could make it back here again. Today, I decided to dust off a little solo trip mission. So today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about a 2021 recap. I'm calling it the State of the Union. Yep, you and Yen. Listening to my story and kind of, first of all, laughing because I can't. you can't make this shit up. And like this happened, like Dunn did it in 2021. And like uh, in 2022, I'm here for it, whatever it might be. I'm totally here for it and present accounted for. That's what 2021 taught me. It taught me that extremes are not few and far between. <laughs> and I'm fully capable of coming out on the other side and I'm kind of a badass, so like, like, excuse me while I flex for a minute. Kind of felt a little Sasha Fiercest. That's um, Beyonce's stage name. If you didn't know, now you know. Grew a little bit. Ended a little lonely, kind of brokenhearted, weepy, and all good. So I'm excited to get this started and to get into it with you guys. Thanks for being here. It's a little uncomfortable being vulnerable and talking about this kind of stuff. So I appreciate the heck out of you guys taking the time to join in with me during this trip. So 2021 was always going to be kind of one of those cool years, guys. I turned 40 this year, the big four zero in February. I turned 40. And it was one of those kind of things where it was not as cool as I thought it would be because it was in quarantine and you you look forward to these milestone kind of celebrations and you understand the importance now of just celebrating yourself. And I say that, I understand that now because I really never like to have birthday parties or this or that. And it's almost like one of my favorite things now. I love for it to be about me for a second. And just because I like when all my people are in the same room and there's so much love in the air. And like for my birthday, literally there's love in the air because it's on Valentine's Day. And so it's just kind of one of those things where it's super special when people recognize my birthday because it's also their day, right? It's your love day. (laughs) And I'm taking a little bit of that time by saying like, look at me, Cupid cutie over here, you know, like, what? acknowledge that. And I always kind of kick myself for taking up space in that respect. And then I'm like, bitch, please. (laughs) You're a star. (laughs) But it didn't happen like that because it was 2021 and we're in the middle of a pandemic and I turned 40. So that kind of felt like a little womp womp, but whatever. Moving on 
I spend a fabulous spring break in Palm Springs with my best friend and our kids. And it's literally her and I and the kids. And it was really dope. Got that time to just unwind and just worship the sun and have good company and good family. And it was awesome. And then my dog, the quarantine puppy that I got talked into, who I love, but she kind of crazy, was helping herself to some beautiful succulents that were beautifully landscaped. So it's, it's, it's not my yard. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You know, somebody had curated this backyard story at some point and Sally, the dog, that girl, Sally, that girl decided to rip it up. So I was running after her and I kicked my best friend's patio furniture who for some reason when I say she has the world's most sturdiest outdoor patio furniture I really mean it so shout out to you Bina Murphy for getting that because it's really it it, it was solid and it broke two of my toes (laughs) You guys, what is it about kicking something with your little toes that just, it's a different kind of pain. And when I say that I crumpled, I am not exaggerating that I just crumpled. And everybody was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Because it looked like I had been shot because just everything left my body, my soul in that moment. I couldn't speak for a little bit because I think that everything that would have come out of my mouth at that moment would have just been highly inappropriate. So I think my body censored me and I kept it all in and um, I had to drive home because we had two cars. So I had to drive home from LA to San Diego right then because we were leaving And it was my foot that I had to drive with. So it was constantly moving up and down. And I would say about Long Beach, uh, I lost feeling. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this isn't good. It's not good at all. And it was super bruised by the time we get home. Yep, I broke two toes. We're going to put it in this little brace for a second and you're going to be come back in two weeks and if it's not healing you're probably gonna have to have surgery because your little toe broke like in the shape of a cross so that's cool I didn't it didn't have to have surgery (laughs) Woo! (laughs) way to not be dramatic you pinky toe way to way to heal but I did have to have two extra days or two extra weeks in the beautiful orthotic shoe that um just, you know, brings out the best in a pedicure or a sock, you know what I mean? Your A game, if you will. So that was cute. And right after that was healing, I was getting back into my workout flow because you have to understand in 2020, I was like Miss Peloton. Like my husband and I kind of had a record about who could work out more and it was obviously him. (laughs) But like a girl was a close second out of, you know, two people. So I was good. I was consistent. I was working out. And then that happened. It was a long time off. I couldn't buckle into my cycling shoe for a while. So I had to take some time off. I got all the emails, you know, we miss you on the leaderboard. Yeah, me too. I miss me on the leaderboard too. There's nothing I can do about it though. So I finally get back on it. It's not totally killing. I can work out again. It's early July. My daughter has a volleyball tournament in Las Vegas, and we go as a family. We drive out from San Diego, 
and we get a hotel room together. She has a volleyball tournament. It's her first one. It's amazing. Go team, go. And we're driving home. Two days later, I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel very good. And I'm like, do, do, do. You know, when anytime you have to say that in the last two years, it's like, oh my gosh, it's almost taboo to talk about. So I go, rapid test, positive. Justin and I just look at each other like, oh man, come on, are you serious? So I mask up, he takes me home, I go into the room, he takes the kids, go to the same place, they all get tested, everybody is negative. Because it's a rapid test, we both go and do set appointments to do the actual PCR or, yeah, I think it's called PCR test, the one that you, you supposedly is better, right? Mine positive, his negative, so I isolate in my room by myself. I'm the only one in my family that is negative or that is positive, right? This is great news on my account because I, you feel a little guilty. There's no reasoning behind it, but you feel a little guilty. I don't know what it is about this virus, but I've got to tell you, I've never once felt guilty about getting sick, but you do with this one. And I don't know why that is. And I think that that is so bad, but anyways... I'm alone in our room. I get the macho, macho man version of COVID. Like, I didn't get the asymptomatic. I was feeling a little run down. I got hit by a truck. I have a really high fever, one that will not go down under 103 unless I take something for it. I have extreme body aches. Like, everything hurts. My eyelids hurt, you know, like just run down. I'm also stuck in my room, which there's not a lot of room. Like we, I have our own bathroom. That's cool. I have a patio outside that I can go out on, but like, like there's something special that happens to your brain when you're in isolation and it is, it's worse than the actual virus. It's all of the things that get triggered (laughs) in that moment because you are down and out and alone. And I don't know about you guys, but that's, usually when like I'm at my absolute worst to myself which is just mind-boggling because you would think that as someone who loves yourself you would be your biggest fan in that moment but it's not the case so there was some serious serious moments of uh distress during COVID (laughs) that were not great but we made it through I was I think they extended my quarantine two two more days, so I think it was 16 days because my fever was so high. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. You know, from the fever reducers, I wasn't able to keep anything in. So I got just dehydrated, and that just happened. So it was crazy that I had a couple days where I was feeling okay, but not ready to go anywhere. I was just, you know, going to my outdoor patio and sitting out there, and then wiped out. But then I started to be able to eat food and it was okay. So by the end of that one first week out of isolation, I wake up in the middle of the night like with a really bad stomach ache. And I'm like, whoa, this is bad. So I start to try to stretch. You know, I do all these different things, go to the bathroom, drink some water, stretch, do some yoga, meditate. Nothing is helping. 
my husband gets up out of bed around five and he's like, I'm going to go for a walk. His mom was in town. So they do beach walks in the morning when she's in town. And so he heads out. So from the time he headed out to the time I ended up calling them, it was about an hour. And it just, I've given birth three times and that's really bad. And I would put this pain up there with <laughs> that. <laughs> but in labor, you have contractions that come and go. So they give you a little bit of a break. So for about, I would say an hour and a half, I was in constant hunched over pain that wouldn't go away, wouldn't alleviate. And I'm trying to get a hold of my husband and he's walking on the beach and he must not have his phone. So then I have to call my mother-in-law and she answers and she's like, hi, good morning. You know, she's just a really happy, lovely lady. <laughs> and then I'm like, hi, can I talk to Justin? And she's like, sure. She hands him the phone and uh, he says, Hey babe. And I'm like, you know what? You guys need to come home. Like I'm in a lot of pain. Like I've been trying to do stuff. It's not coming away. Like I really need you home. Like I think I need to go to the hospital. And he's like, yeah, okay. We're on our way. Well, I don't think he sensed my sense of urgency because apparently they stopped for coffee, <laughs> got my father-in-law paper, dropped them off at the house that they were staying at and then came home. By the time he got home, my eyes were crossed. I could no longer even tell him anything. I just said, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I get in the car and he's like, seriously? So he just kind of doesn't know what to do, but just gets in the car and we drive off. At that point, I'm literally pulling up at the hospital right at shift change, <laughs> which any of you, if you know, if you're a nurse or a doctor or you work in a hospital, like bro, that is the worst time to go to the hospital. They are not having a girl in this much pain coming in at that time. They are not having it. So I had to sit out in an isolation booth because remember, I had had COVID within 30 days. I had been cleared by the same hospital, but because I had had it within 30 days, I have to sit in the isolation embarrassment tankards outside because, you know, the COVID people are, you know... They're a special kind of people. <laughs> so I'm sitting out there basically doing the birth breathing moan that I, that's the only other time I, I've made that sound of pain for about an hour before <laughs> I got some pain meds. Well, two days later, they found that I had like severe gallbladder issues. So I had to get my gallbladder removed <laughs> And like, guys, follow me here if you see this pattern. Like, you break your toe, you know, you almost have to have surgery, you have to wear the boot for longer, you get COVID, you get the real good COVID that kicks your butt, then your gallbladder happens, and you get like, you have to have it removed. And then the surgeon was telling my husband that like the size of the gallstone that they removed was the size of a ping pong ball. Like, bro, why are you being so dramatic? Like, what body do, what do we got to do? I get it. Like, I get it. You're mad about something. Can we talk about it, though? Can we stop just removing things? So I think, like, this has got to be it, right? We're on the up and up. I'm literally taking out the garbage because the gallbladder is where the bile is of the body or it stores it there. So I'm taking out the garbage. Like, new, new year, new me. 
the year's not over yet, Steph. You're talking too soon. The day I get cleared from gallbladder surgery, everything looked great. Shout outs to you, doctors. Thank you. Feel great. Awesome work there, team. The day I get cleared for, you know, you're good. We're all good here. I'm at the beach with my kids and friends, and we're playing, like, they're they're playing soccer, kicking the ball around, and one of them kicks at me, and I'm standing in the goal, and I block it, and, and I'm like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, mom, yeah, good block, and I'm like, yeah, goodness gracious, it was that quick, that quick that that competition gene was activated, and then, you know, the kid tried to do it again and, like, juke me, and I kind of went with him, and I dislocated my knee, and in that moment, I knew, I knew in my head, because I had done this before, I had done, I had torn my ACL in my left knee in high school. So that kind of pain and that kind of muscle pain, muscle memory pain, I would say pain memory. <laughs> it doesn't quite leave you when you have that physical pain. It leaves like a, a scar. So like when you see somebody actually get hurt on TV or something, or they show the injury, like you feel it. Almost again, like it triggers like a little, whoa, whoa, you feel it in your body again. I knew I had torn my ACL. So I just sat on the sand and I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. First of all, the first thought was you've got to be kidding me. And I, the second thought was how embarrassed I was. And that's kind of hard for me to admit that I was embarrassed about hurting myself But this year had already been so much and I had come out of my comfort zone so much as far as I don't like to ask people to do things for me. So the fact that I had been such a patient for so long really was just disappointing and in my eyes, embarrassing. So remember that because that hits me later. (laughs) I go to the doctors. I was lucky to be able to get an appointment like two days later. And they're look, he's looking at my knee. He does the, you know, the manual manipulation of your knee. And I'm extremely, I guess, hypermobile. That's the term that they use, hypermobile, which just basically means I'm flexible and my joints are a little bit looser, right? Like they can just, like I hyperextend them a little bit easier, which I guess is good and terrible at the same time because you run the risk of hurting yourself all the time, which, (laughs) yeah, facts. So he kind of felt like my ACL was still there. It was catching, something was catching right there. So like, nope, you're good. There is some movement in there, but I, you know, it's just, I think you're just hypermobile, cool. I got a second opinion. I started PT. They gave me a third opinion. Like I got a fourth opinion. Everybody said that they felt the ACL was still there. Perfect. I didn't need to get any more imaging. Great. Let's start some PT. Let's just strengthen this because you probably did your meniscus, but we don't even fix that anymore. So let's just get you working. Cool. Six weeks of PT later and my knee just keeps swelling up and there's just bruising and drainage of all different kinds of stuff going on. And so my PT said, you should probably get imaging done. I get some imaging done (laughs) and it is ruptured. My ACL is ruptured and they find not only that, but they find a micro fracture behind my kneecap that needs to be fixed. So, bro. (laughs) Yeah, 
like one of those moments when you kind of just like that was my first instinct and then I just started crying like when when I read the results I just started crying like I've I've actually lived through one of these surgeries and gone through this recovery and it's brutal like I'm gonna have to do that again and keep in mind you do not have to surgically fix yourself you can actually strengthen and you don't need ACLs most of the time okay and I'm not a collegiate athlete anymore I'm not competing but the idea of not being able to like pepper with my daughter, and that's a volleyball term, just, you know, kick the ball around with my son, throw properly even, because I'm not ready to hang it up yet. I still want to play. I still want to be active. I still want to kind of get after it, right? I'm going to get this fixed. We were also very lucky, very fortunate to be able to get in quickly before Christmas for the surgery. So We schedule it for December 22nd. I'm going to be locked in a brace for six weeks, unable to drive. So I figure two weeks, my children will be home. It'll be easier to get them from point A to point B for four weeks than six weeks. So let's do it then. I have to be so much more on top of it (laughs) because of, you know, I'm usually my most productive on the 23rd and 24th before Christmas, and I'm losing that time, and yikes. So I get busy. Mama makes stuff happen. So that gets done, and I send out that the surgery's done. It's successful, by the way. They did a great job. Thanks out. Shouts out. Great job, team. Way to work it. (laughs) Same, you know, gallbladder surgery story. It's just as bad as I thought it was. It's really hard. It's really painful. And I didn't want that to take away from my kids' Christmas. So I sat them up on, you know, they went to my sister's. They did all the things that they were supposed to do for Christmas Eve. And I stayed here at home. And when I tell you that, like, that was hard, it was really hard. And then my friend came over and she kept me company. So I wasn't totally alone all night. But I had an hour or so and it was obnoxious and then Christmas day the same thing I send them back over there because I I really I've taken up a lot of energy in my family and I want them to have as much normalcy as I can so go fly little birds they go and Christmas day was harder because I was alone by myself here for quite a bit of time and I allowed myself to go to a place of complete complete emotional insecurity and when I say that I mean I like floodgates broke I completely like recognized how this year has just been one lesson after another of my body trying to tell me that I don't listen to it and it's kind of like we need you to slow down we're gonna hurt your toe that didn't work so here we're gonna give you this virus and we're gonna make you really sick and you're gonna you know you're gonna lose a lot of weight and that didn't work okay we're gonna take this piece out of you then (laughs) that didn't work okay literally sit down then because we're gonna take your knee and it's made me sit down and say I've relied so much on my physicality that I have completely neglected a lot of things because I've always bulldozed through it with my body and because I could healthily move past it. Well, now I'm incapable of movement and I'm having to see it. And that's 
a hard thing to see when even when you're actively doing the work and then you realize that you're in a position right now to realize that the work is the work. <laughs> There's no finish line. There will always be moments in, in times and tests and that you will actively think, wow, I cannot believe that I'm back here right now in this space and feeling like this after everything that I've been doing. And then you have to realize that like, you're not in the same space, you're in a different one. And you're learning this. And next time you'll learn that. And next time you'll learn even that. So like this beautiful moment of being completely alone, physically in so much pain and finally getting it, that you can take all of the beautiful lessons in 2021, like you're 40, your family is so happy. You're in a position to do what you love and not be super stressed about money, probably for the first time ever. You're in exactly the, the position you've been asking to be in, but you haven't seen it because it's hurt so bad, literally hurt so bad. So I've been unable to see that my life is exactly where I drove it, but the car is on fire. <laughs> so like the give and the take, the love and the hate, like it goes together. And I wish that I didn't have to have everything that I wanted right now in this amount of pain, but I know that this amount of pain is not going to last forever. And to know that like, how beautiful it is to still move forward with the other things as best that I can and still kind of limp through the process, literally. And to know that, like, I'm doing it. And it's fucking hard, bro. Every day is so hard. And yet, as I'm sitting here talking to you, it's so rad. Because I am, I did that. Like, I'm doing that, and I'm not scared of that anymore. So hopefully this inspired you, <laughs> first of all, to be like, damn, my year wasn't so bad, or damn, see, I can also feel it all and love it all, or just reflect on something and maybe have a different opinion of it now that you've lived through it. You lived through it. Like, way to go. The state of the union, guys. It's necessary to sit with yourself for a second and say, hey, you, let's hear it all. I don't want to gloss over the good stuff. Like, let's hear it all. Like, let's you and me check in about how that last year went honestly. And then to be like, go, little rock star. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thanks for showing up. Mental, emotional, spiritual, self-reliance work is messy and ongoing. I appreciate you showing up and trusting in yourself enough to know that you were made for this. If you'd like to learn more about Messy Talk, you can find me on Instagram at messy underscore talks, or you can find me at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com under coaches. I'm Stephanie Wessel. Thank you for being messy. See you again next time on Messy Talk.